This is the Elk Hunt Podcast, home to everything elk hunting. I'm your host, Cody Rich. From fellow DIYers to elk hunting legends, we have elk hunting stories, tips, tactics, and more to get you pumped for elk season. Join us every week for great elk hunting content. This episode of the Elk Hunt Podcast is brought to you by Initial Ascent Packs. Initial Ascent makes great packs and their carbon fiber triaxial frame system handles weight really well. I personally haven't got to use one of these packs yet, but if you look at the reviews, <coughs> people are in love with them. And I know my good buddy Zach Bohey and Ryan Lampers absolutely love these packs because they, they handle a heavy load really, really well. They're perfect for packing out big elk. And this month for our gear giveaway on the Elk Hunt channel, we're giving away a initial ascent ia 4k pack system to one of the elk hunt members so if you're not a member yet get on it get signed up and you'll actually be entered to win in every single month or every single drawing we do we're doing them once a month and last month there was only eight entries so if you're not yet uh i suggest getting signed up the odds are really good and we're giving away a really sweet pack this is a 4600 cubic inch pack so it's great for four days seven days easily do a week on this pack and it's light enough that you can kind of use it on a day-to-day -day hunt as well so if you're in the market for a new pack check out initial ascent packs and if you want to win one be sure to get entered into this month's giveaway where did you elk hunt last year which state uh, did you have multiple states multiple I montana idaho and arizona yeah did you draw arizona yeah like, uh this country? yeah uh no i drew the late rifle and I ate the tag. That surprises me. Um, because I've I've hunted Arizona a few times archery late season, and then the rifle guys come in after us, and I'm always like, You bastards are gonna clean house. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like because a lot of the bulls are still out and about. You can't say what unit, but like um, what was it canyony country or was it like pinions and junipers flat? La not a little, somewhere in between. Uh wasn't super canyony, but uh the problem, I mean, like, dude, everyone said how good the tag was going to be. And I got, like, I got there. Everyone I talked to hadn't even seen an elk. Um, you know, I was seeing an elk, like, one onesie, twosie. You know, and I was actually, I found a good bull, like, day five. Uh, and then I, so I was on him for till day 16. And, like, I would maybe see this bull every third day. And, like, you know, so you go two days without even seeing an elk. And it was just, it's super difficult because, like, you just catch glimpses. And yeah, you know, it was it just uh, from what I understand, a super weird year. I mean, I don't hunt it every year, but everyone I talked to, no one even saw an elk. Like I was talking to multiple, I was talking to everyone, and they're like, I haven't even seen an elk. We've been here a week, you know. And so I was, I was at least finding elk, but like it was, it was not a lot. <laughs> it was pretty difficult. That sucks, man, because those tags are hard to come by, obviously, and. um it could be special or whatever, but luckily, you know, you've elk hunted long enough to where you're not going to just go shoot a six point just to say you got an elk. You've probably already killed two going into that hunt. Um, totally. Dude, like freezer was full. I'd had to buy a new freezer anyway. And I was kind of like, you know what? 350 or bust. Like if it works, it works. If it doesn't, like I'm fine eating a tag, like not my first time. And so Did like you guys Thanksgiving, uh, I, w I was going to, and then I went the day after Thanksgiving. So from oh. Thanksgiving on. So essentially, yeah. But yeah, that was the plan. That's a, that's a good call. And what was the weather like? It was it was kind of hot. I mean, well, I mean, when you live in Montana down there, it was like super hot. But yeah, like t-shirt weather, like probably the first first half was definitely t-shirt weather. And then it started cooling down, but still getting into like upper 60s midday. 
Yeah, it was like cool oh, and yeah. nice. So it was, yeah, not my favorite. <laughs> yep, I've done that hunt a few times. I don't recommend it. Like if you were going to burn your Arizona points, I would please just get yourself a rifle or an archery rut tag. You'll draw it eventually. Yeah. Um, and then you probably will never draw it again. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's a tough hunt. I've had snow. I've had just warm fronts that are just nasty like elk don't like moving when it's that warm and it's 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 interesting do you think um do you think those their numbers are down over there like i don't keep tabs I on i don't i don't like have any i don't have any reference point right like you know i go there and it's like uh i don't know if this is good or bad you know like everyone told me how tough the hunt would be so like it's not like i drew a great area uh so craig one of my hunting partners he had hunted it uh year before two years before and so i kind of like yeah there are elk like i went into this not knowing that the potential for a big bull is there but you're probably not gonna see very many and i'm okay with that like you know like that was the goal and and so like i'm like i would do the hunt again you know like i don't know if i'm ready to do it this year but like i'll do it again but like uh you have to just know what kind of hunt it is and i think uh you know dude it goes into like all these different hunts that we do like each state is going to be very different and you, you have to go in and know like what the hunt's going to be and what the challenges are and it, like what your expectations are. Because like I can go to an Idaho hunt that's over the counter and be like, I know kind of what to expect. I know what's going to happen. Right. First, I don't know, let's just say Montana premium tag or some kind. And it's like, man, you know what that hunt's going to be. It has its own unique challenges, but they're all different. And every hunt's kind of unique and it has its own challenges. And I think that's like what you get good at when you hunt a bunch of different states, a bunch of different places is like, just kind of figuring out that nuance. Every hunt has its own challenges, so to speak. Sometimes it's people. Sometimes it's like, yeah, the elk don't talk or whatever. And like, it's like the faster you can figure that out, the more like you can like work towards being successful. I think you've hunted all over. So I'm sure you're, you're thinking the same thing, right? I totally agree. Uh, Montana and Idaho, did you split time like 50, 50, or did obviously you live in Montana? Um, You're not, particularly i guess i would i would consider you probably a little bit picky on the pickier side of a hunter um so where do you draw that line like um do you have to kill an elk every year to like to fill the freezer like that's kind of like a main objective or i mean at your stage in the game are you just pretty darn selective you know it's funny like i've been super selective the last few years um and i don't want to say it was 350 or bust but it was you know like i've passed a lot of bulls that i probably shouldn't and, you know, like at the end of the day, the nice thing about the best part about being a Montana resident is like, dude, we get a, a cow tag for like $10. So like, I can always fill that. Like that goes till February. And, nice. and yeah. so you like, you always have that as a backup. And like, I've always just been able to go out rifle season. So like our archery tag, you know, Cinderella's into a rifle tag and, you know, every year I've been pretty fortunate to be like, Oh, I know a place I can go and shoot, you know, an elk rat gorn if I need to, to fill the freezer. So for me, it's always been like, okay, archery season is like, you know, big bull or bust. And if I, if it comes to rifle hunting, like next one, next one's down, we're filling freezers. Like that's just the way it works. And so I've been fortunate to be able to, you know, big bull hunt. And I, so I came into Mont when I moved to Montana, yeah, I guess I, at first I was kind of hunting the wilderness. And then I, when I started hunting Eastern Montana and like the plain stuff, it was so out of my element, dude, that I was like, just trying to figure it out. And it was just totally different kind of hunting than I'd ever done before. But to me, it was like, this is what I want to get good at. It's like, how do I make myself better? It's like challenge myself. 
And, you know, so I spent a few years trying to learn that, had opportunities, like screwed up some really, really big bowls and it just never like worked out last year, man, like towards the end of season, I shot a bull and lost it. And it was just like, dude, soul crushing. And this year it was kind of like, man, I like got to like put some W's on the board. Like I got to figure something out. You know what I mean? Like, so I came into this year with like three good elk tags and I was like, all right, I'm not going to be as picky as I usually am. I'm still going to be a little bit picky, but like at the end of the day, like I need that confidence booster back. And I've talked about this, like within solo sports, confidence is such a big player in it. Like, so I grew up racing, done a lot of sports, some teen sports, but in, in the racing realm, like, man, your confidence is everything. And you watch it in like professional supercross, you know, guys can have one off week and it can just crush their season if they don't pull themselves out of that mental game. And so it was like, I kind of went into this season, like I need to catch a W and like, and then like, we'll be back on the board and be good. Make sure I still got it. Cause when I went to Eastern Montana, I didn't, I stopped pretty much stopped calling and was like kind of doing the spot and stock thing and hadn't, I really hadn't even bugled at all in a couple of years. And so like, it's like, do I even remember how to do this? And so this year went into Montana and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be super picky. I want to actually go call some elk. I want to do like make sure I still got it going back to that. And it was fun. Like the very first week, I think it was like the second day I was out, ended up calling in a great bull. He had his entire right side was missing. Uh, otherwise he probably would have gotten narrow because he came in at like 10 yards. And, uh, but that was a huge confidence booster in itself. Just like bugling this bull back in. It was the first bull I'd bugled in like three years. And I was like, okay, I still got it. You know? And then went on, like I called in multiple bulls throughout the week and kind of like got a lot of my confidence back. Long story short, I ended up whiffing, like just misranged on a rush situation, a really great bowl, like shooter, shooter bowl and, uh, you know, screwed up. And I was kind of like, yeah, like every time, like maybe I just fail when, you know, it's real bowls, right? Like I can call in little bowls, but when it's a big bowl, man, I just dropped the ball anyway, like it was pretty bomb about that. And then two days later, you know, I found my bowl and I never actually saw him. I didn't get a chance to. I knew he was a mature bull and I was like, I'm just going to slip in and shoot him. Like I made the decision in my head. I was like, let's just do this. And I slipped in, worked out, shot him. And it was, it was a good bull. I mean, most, yeah, everyone to be stoked. He's a great bull. Um, and, but that was a huge confidence booster. So for me, it was like, you know, like get the, get it back and then like, okay, go, go hunt big bulls. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but in a nutshell, it was like, I felt like this year was kind of like, I need to get my confidence back proved to myself that I still remember how to do it and then, you know, move forward from there. Yeah, man. But like, think about where elk hunting has gone. Like every year I end up with some sort of elk tag and I'm definitely going to somewhere I've never been. Right. right. And so you kind of have like this sort and sift through new terrain, maybe more people, less people access. Like you have to do so much homework on the back end. But even if you were Mark Livesey, and you were a genius. I don't care. None of that shit really matters. When you actually get there, it's going to look a little different or right. it's going to be a little different and it'd be an adaptable. And, and so like, I'm thinking here's Cody Rich, who's out kind of 20 plus years, did lots of elk with, you know, and just is an elk hunter through and through and he's lost confidence. And what about the listeners right now that are like, yo, this is my first season uh, and I don't even know what confidence feels like. Like, how do you, kind of, what's your advice for them? Like, cause they're hearing a guy and I know what you mean, by the way, like I hunted 
August 30th till September 26th, didn't miss a single day until I killed a bull. So it wasn't for a lack of time. And I didn't take a single day off. And you can ask me on September 25th, I was pretty much not confident. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had already, and I didn't miss any elk, but I just hadn't, I just had screwed up shot opportunities. Like blatant rookie mistakes. And my confidence was pretty low, man. Like I was yeah. self-doubting. I was looking at excuses, looking at like, you know, whatever uh, that elk hunters, we as elk hunters do. But like, what's your, what's your word of wisdom for those noobs or even like guys who haven't experienced consistent success and they're like, holy crap, Cody Rich wasn't confident. Well, I sure as crap. I'm not. How do you bolster confidence? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a great question. And like, I'll, I'll armchair quarterback it a little bit. Cause like, I'm not the expert on this, but I would say like, you know, my advice and I, I kind of make fun of people for like nerding out on gear because to me, it, like gear is kind of like controlling the only thing you can control in a world of uncontrollables. If that makes sense. Like, I think it's easy for noobs to like, want to just geek out on gear. Cause it's like, it's this thing that they can control. And I shouldn't beat up on that too much because I do think that like confidence does come from like controlling the controllables, if you will. And so like, if you are at all time peak best shooting you've ever been in your life, like there's confidence in that, right? Like you may not know anything about elk, but if you know, you're like shooting grapes at 60, like, you know, you're confident in that, right? Like, so at least if you break, like confidence has like within elk hunting, it has like certain aspects, right? Like, so you can be super confident in your calling. You can be super confident in your shooting. You can be super confident in your ability to like maneuver elk. Like these are all like micro aspects of it. So like, if I break it down, like, okay, maybe I am totally new and I have no idea about elk behavior or moving within elk. Like, I don't know. I don't know where I stand in that one. So if I can control all of the other things, like, you know, I know my gear's dialed. I, I'm super confident in that. I know my bow is dialed. I'm deadly with a weapon. You know, those I'm super dialed in that. I'm, my calling's on on par. Like we're good. Like you go in with confidence. And then from there, I think like to me, this season was a good example of like, take the small wins and keep chalking them up and like slowly the confidence builds. And so it's like, man, you get calling a couple bulls and you're like, oh, I got this. Like, right. Now, if if you're looking for any elk, um, I think it's like, it's, it could be tough. Cause I know those guys are like, man, I didn't see an elk all season. How do you gain the confidence in that? And you know, like you have to, you, I don't want to say you have to trick yourself, but you have to be like, man, I found elk today. That's, that's a win. Right. And like, be like, okay, we're in elk. We're in elk every day. I remember like me and my cousins early on be like, we used to like brag about how many days we were into elk. And that was like the early days. You're like, man, dude, we were in elk five days this week. That's nuts. Like, so that's like taking the small wins. You're like, man, we're killers. <laughs> like we didn't even get close to elk, but we were near, we were in elk five days. And like, you have to take those small wins. Now convincing yourself and like building yourself up on those can be a whole other challenge. But like, I think you just have to take the small wins within a season and be like, okay, things are going well. And you know, the next one is like, it could change any day. And I, that's something that comes over time. Like, I don't Well, Jay, did you say you shot your bowl at 25? So like 24, yeah, you're probably like, dude, all it takes is one day. It could change everything. And it's crazy how in five minutes and like, you're like, I'm on top of the world again. <laughs> that's the truth. So like going back to, I hate talking about this stuff, but like, yeah, you said you stroked a bowl and you couldn't recover it. Like, and it kind of shook your confidence. Like, um, how, what's your best advice for, um, and maybe give off a couple examples of things that will, maybe you did show up confident. And these are things that will drastically drop that stock down to nothing. Um, like for example, 
somebody shows up on an elk hunt they've only got 10 days and um they go to shoot their bow right before like at base camp and they're struggling to shoot their fixed broadheads or whatever and get them to group or maybe there's something happening to their bow like that could mess with you a little bit but like who I have wounded elk with a bow because I've elk hunted long enough. Right. And if you have, it, you just have an elk hunted long enough. It sucks. Right. And I had one recent, not, you know, not last year, but I had one where I, I worked a bull. I studied him. I, I Cody riched him or I Ryan Lampert him. I mean, I did not do what I normally do. I watched him for three days. That's not like me, man, but I'm also getting older. So I watched him, I studied him and I was like, okay, I'm going after him tonight. He's going to come out and I zipped up there and I didn't like the wind. So I waited an extra half an hour, which gave me very little time because we were fighting daylight, got the wind right, jammed up there just in time to watch his cows come out of the timber. One out of the 13 saw me, but she was at the back of the line. There was nothing she could do to say, I just saw Dan Staten. <laughs> so, so she runs to catch up with him. And I'm like, okay, dodge the bullet here in Bugan, steps out of the timber, long story short, 40 yard chip shot. I have it on video. I self-recorded it. I dot, I dotted him, dude. I dotted him like right there behind the, like blood came out behind and it's pretty open country, man. And he ran up there 110 yards and I'm like trying to get another one in him. That's a rule. And he's kind of acting a little funny. And then he goes over the rise and I can't see him. It gets dark like that. Like I'm going to look for just the arrow and it's getting dark. I can't find the freaking arrow, Cody. So I backed out, just went all the way back to camp, didn't get any sleep. And then um, next day, I think, yeah, I brought my dad up there and we found the arrow in the daylight and it was like the best looking arrow you could ever imagine. And then we never found another drop of blood. And it was such open, sagey type country that you can't read tracks. And I stuck around for four days, just waiting for birds, honestly, gritting, never found the bull. I felt pretty shitty as a human and I lost a lot of confidence. And um, looking back, it was a struggle to get the monkey off my back for the rest of that season. What's your yeah. thoughts? So uh, dude, so similar last year, I, you know, I was chasing, I was chasing giant last year and it was kind of on this bull for a long time. Long story short, he disappears and I get frustrated and I like, I'm like, okay, I literally go next bull dies and like went into this area. I knew some bulls were in, uh, like I literally called this five by six. I couldn't pull the trigger on this five by six, <laughs> even though I said next bull dies, I was like, okay, not that one. And then the next, next one and start calling out pops a bull, like three thirty bull. And he kind of came up on me fast and I was kind of in the open. I was like, I had set decoy up and I was calling. So I should, I, you know, typical should have been more. I didn't have, didn't have an arrow. I remember what it was. I think my bow was just on the ground. I think I had an arrow knock, but bow was on the ground. And I like look up and this bull's right there. And like, he never said a peep, but he was just coming. And like, just me grabbing my bow. He saw me. And I think he was probably like 35 at this point. And like, he bumps out like 10 yards. You know, I draw a step around the tree he runs like five more and I'm like, yep, shoot. And I never like couldn't see the arrow for whatever reason. And he runs down and like, he made it like a hundred yards stops and looks at me and I'm like, oh, that's not good. And like, he goes, you know, down the down and pops up on the other side. And he's like going up the other side. And he's like, you could tell he's, I don't know. He's just like, if he was, he'd run a long ways, you know, he's kind of like head down, but not, you know, definitely Two, like it was 600 yards. So I'm like, that's not good that I'm seeing it at 600 yards. I was like, God. so I walk over there. 
dude, Arrow looks money. Like I texted John and I'm like, he's like, dude, that's a dead bull. Like, like Arrow was right there, all the pass through. And I was like, I don't know, man, I got a bad feeling about this one. Like he went a long ways and just the way he went down like 50 yards and stopped when I called and looked at me, I was like, that's not like that. I've never seen a bull do that and die. And so anyway, same. So I give it like hours and I go back over and I like get over there. I'm looking for blood. And I like, I watch where he crossed this fence. I watch where he went up. I'm looking all over, dude, looking all over. Never found one drop of blood to the point where I'm like, did I miss this bull? And I'm like, wait, no, there's a bloody arrow in my quiver. Like I was like, I watched him walk right here. I, and again, same like sagebrush. You can't even see, dude, I checked every timber pocket for miles and like every little piece. And I was just like, yeah, like that was like, how do you mess up a 50 yard shot? Like how? that doesn't happen, you know? And like, same. And so this last year I went back and I was like, I'm shooting more than I've ever shot. Like, and like, I don't know if it was like a punishment deal or whatever, but I also think slocking does, man, like you know, just killing stuff. This sounds terrible, but man, you shoot enough does with your bow. Like you really get confidence back. <laughs> like, like that's a, a great way to do it. Not everyone could do that. Like in Montana, we get that capability to shoot a lot of stuff. And so I do think that helps, but like, I, I don't know if there's an answer, man. Cause I, I really don't. And like, I don't want to like sound pessimistic, but like, I think you just got to have some wins and get over it. You know what I mean? Like maybe like tone your distance down. I don't know. What's your take. Like, is there like a, a fix to like, once that gets in your head? Well, I do know this man, like my learning curve was, was pretty brutal because I didn't know how to handle myself when it came down to crunch time, right. like straight up. Like I luckily got put myself into positions like you just described, but dude, I just didn't know how to execute. Whereas now I've been there a lot. I still get excited, but nothing like crazy. And it's more like just an execution thing, but um, going to Texas in December helped. I mean, like you just said, like I don't live in Montana. So like I was able to kill like a mountain buck in Washington uh, whitetail and then i just flew right to, to my buddy's place in texas and he was like here's some tags two javelina several does two yeah. bucks came home as confident as i i was looking for a bottle to bottle this shit into in <laughs> september but i really i realized confidence fades away man it, it, it's it's already faded here we are yeah. in February, and um you know i haven't killed an animal with a bow and it's like you know I just don't think you can rise to the occasion. You have to like lean on your training. And it's interesting. I've seen you shoot. You still run equalizer. Yeah. Good. You're a phenomenal. And I'm not just stroking you. Like you're a phenomenal archer and you know how to make all the elk sounds and you have killed a lot of elk and yet you still struggle with confidence. And I do. Right. Then we have to identify the things that bolster it and then double down on it. You know, for me, it's definitely like, breaking a sweat every day which as sick as that sounds like that does kind of give me like a little bit like i did something for elk or right. whatever right, right, right. Um, or even like as a family man cody you have kids and a wife like i did what they wanted to do for spring break or summer mm -hmm. like i'm it's not about a scouting trip for me it's not i'm not shed hunting anymore you know so like that gives me confidence that i can be going in the fall when i when i do those moves um so being when an you hunter, roll like when you roll into season like, do you just feel like on top of the world? Cause they're, they're like, I will say like opening day of season, like I always equate it to 
you know, like, I don't know, going back to like football days and like home game, you know, senior year, it's the last game. And you're like, dude, we got this. Like, we just feel on top of the world. And I, I that feeling hits me like in its elk season, you're like, dude, it's game time. It's fucking game time. Like you get that, that high. And like, I think it dissipates if you, if you have a bunch of L's like throughout the season, but like dude, day one, you're like, this is it. Uh, that's funny. I had all that that vibe going into this last season i had done a really long 12-hour drive into a little mountain range that has no water and i found a water source that i've been trying to find forever i knew that these these bulls only stay up high and i'm like there has to be water here i found it i hung a stand i put a camera i put like three or four cameras dripping away from it to figure and then i came in a couple days before season and checked my camera and i I had them figured out. I knew which way they were coming. And so, yeah, man, opening morning in the dark, climbing up that stand. Like, I'm not a tree stand elk hunter, but like, dude, I had done the work. I had cracked the code. And then it was um, L's, which are the opposite of W's. Like all day sit, dark to dark, three in a row. And like, honestly, Cody, I was pretty demoralized after three days because I have ADHD and I can't, I mean, I sat in a stand dark to dark by myself in a lonely mountain. I didn't see a squirrel for three days. And then that just kind of built itself for 25 more days. So yeah, man, I understand the L's. Um, I feel that. How about you? Like you rolled up this year, pretty confident. You put the work in. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I was, I was thinking as you were saying that, like another way I get, you know, like we'll call them micro W's. Right. And I don't like, this is going to sound super cheesy and everyone can make fun of me for this if they want to. But like, for some reason, like I, I walking away from a bull, that I know I could kill is a, it makes me feel like a ninja dude. Like, especially if he has no idea I exist. You're like, could have killed you. And like, that's a huge confidence boost for me. So like, there's a lot of times where I'll like slip in on a herd. I know about a herd or whatever. And I, I get close. Like, I don't even have to be like within shooting distance. It's just like, I slip in, I find a bull and I'm like, not a shooter. And I slip out. Like that makes me like, yeah, did it the same way this year. It was like, dude, calling in, I've called a lot of five points in my life. And like, I think to a certain degree, like the con, like that boost, that high goes away a little bit this year. It was kind of that, like I got a little bit of it back cause I haven't done it in so long. So like that first bull I called in on day two this year, it was like a little bit of a, you know, I still got this. And it was like that confidence boost, right? You're like, yeah, I got this. But I think like in the old days, uh, when I was, you know, at the one-on-one or like trying to be a two one hundred, trying to be consistent every year, it was like, you know, every time I called in a five point and let him walk, like, it was like, you, you build that confidence and you build that confidence. So like, I don't know if that answered, like if that helps people or not, but like, that's kind of the way I build the W's over the year, like just building those wins. Definitely. And then even like nowadays having an iPhone in your pocket, like I always love if I am calling or if I've ambushed proper and I'm not going to shoot it, just getting that really cool footage on your phone yeah. to camp tonight and be like, yeah, man, like I'm making right moves. And you said it earlier in this pod, like it all can change in five minutes and really it all can change in five seconds. Right. And once you experience the lowest of lows and went to the highest of highs, you need to like almost like lock that down in your hard drive is like that is hardwired in you. You understand the roller coaster of elk hunting, which is kind of why we do it, man. Like it is emotional roller coaster ride uh, for sure. Let's finish with you. I know your kids are coming home. Mine are here. Idaho. What was your Idaho vibe this year? Dude, it was like a, it was kind of a roller coaster. So I like, so I drew this rifle tag. I bow hunted the area a lot. 
And I went into the hunt like, okay, like I want to kill a good bull, but I don't know that the the caliber that I want is there. Like, we'll just kind of feel it out. So I get there. And of course, like rookie move, it's still deer season. Right. So there's just people everywhere. And it's like, Oh, Oh, this is different. You know, they just side by sides mobbing through brush. Like it's, it's that level, you know, like, Oh, we're in Colorado. And it's just like people <laughs> everywhere, dude. And, uh, you know, so I'm like, well, first day I like a confidence move. So I get a W I find a good bull. He's like 300 inch bull and like right off the road. And there's people driving by and I'm like, cool. I know you're there. Um, you know, I got, you know, that, that little hip pocket bull. Right. And so then I go and like um, the struggle of people was a little bit real. I was finding out, I was talking to people, uh, found another good bull walked away from him. So just had those, like those confidence boosters and maybe too much confidence booster went into an area. This is like day five or so in middle of the day. I was like walking in and like, I see this bull the same second he sees me and we're like 400 yards apart. And like, I just melt to the ground, but it was too late. Like he was just bedded in the wide open, like a solid three thirty bull. And like would have been stoked. Uh, and I probably could have shot him. Like he got up and it just, it wasn't a great shot. Like he was in the timber and I just, I didn't push it. Thought I'd have another chance. I didn't think he bumped that hard the way he got up and like just kind of stayed right there. Uh, ended up not finding him again. Well, c- come to find. So there's like right behind him was a herd of like uh, 60 or 70. Another good, decent bull in there. And uh, they're bugling their faces off. So it was really cool. I thought, I was like, ah, here's the pocket where there's no people. And then like literally as I'm hiking out right at dark, I see this like Dodge pickup mob. I'm like, there's not even a road there. And he's like, dude, just mobbing right by these elk. And I'm like, uh, you know, so I go through this, like, man, getting away from people is going to be very, very difficult. And so like, maybe this isn't as good a hunt as I thought, mind you it snows the next day. So I'm like gold, right. I covered 13 miles. Didn't see a single elk, not a single person either. And I'm like, that's weird. Like I didn't see anybody. I didn't see an elk. Like, am I the only one on the mountain right now? Like this, this weird vibe. And I was still kind of like, there's too many people. So I was like, I'm going to go back to where this, you know, this 300 inch bull was and uh see if i could turn him up again like uh, that pocket seemed pretty good so i go back in there and again no people whatsoever and i'm like this is weird like i literally checked my phone and was like is the season still open like what, what happened and uh anyway so this uh group i see bulls in there catch this bull and maybe it was a weak moment but i like and this i never factored this in but like i i, I go across this drainage and like out pops this group of bulls and there's a decent bull in there he's you know on the on the line of what i wanted to shoot and it was like i can get a side by side like 400 yards from where this bull is like that adds about 10 inches for sure (laughs) (laughs) like i was by myself you know it's like uh, it's still in my head that like man there's people everywhere and then it's like i i shot that bull anyway i ended up you know going out and like uh it had to come around the other way. So I go out and like, I still, I'm not seeing any people. And then it was like, it hit me. I was like, man, maybe I should have waited like a couple more days. But I was like, ah, you know, what's done is done. So I was stoked about it. Like it was good. You know, it just, it's weird how other people around you change your hunt so much. And like one minute you're like, oh, you know, there's nothing here. I got this. And then the next minute, it's like, there's people everywhere. And like, you're starting to doubt things. Like it's crazy. And I try not to let it focus, you know, change my, tactics or change my thing, my, my hunt, but man, other people can change your hunt so fast. Like even the mental, like going back into the mental side of it, like it's so discouraging, dude, to like, just see people everywhere. And you're like, how am I ever supposed to kill an elk? 
Dude, I have this thing that happened to me this year where I finally figured out how to get on these out. And it required me to move my spike camp. So I pulled out, reloaded everything up, and came in a different way. Six miles one way, not that far, but it just takes time. Um, six miles, I can't, I don't know the elevation game, but it was six miles and I got there in the dark. <clears throat> and I got my, I just threw out a really low pro, found a little teeny tiny water source. Um, and then I, in the morning in the dark, I just hiked up in the dark and got to a saddle. I was just going to pinch on elk. I was just going to pinch point them. And, um, I'm looking behind me where my tent was and I'm hearing three or four herd bulls, like trying to gather their herds. And so like, obviously these herds have like come together and the big boys, it's like what you dream of. Right. <laughs> and I can't see exactly where they're at. It's still gray light, but I'm like. How did I not hear them from my tent? And I don't know how I didn't hear them from my tent, but I should have never left my tent door, dude. <laughs> and um, so I get up there and I know, like I see a couple groups and they are coming my way. Like my, my saddle is a good saddle. It's a high probability they're going to cross. I ended up flubbing that up and getting um, picked off by, I think the lead cow or whatever. I might've moved a little, but I, I was set up. They were coming. Anyways, I go back down to my camp, I think, um, middle of the day to get water at my little spike camp. And there's another tent like 30 yards from me. And honestly, Cody, I guarantee their tent was there before mine. Like I just didn't see them in the dark. I think they were, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I didn't flash my headlight. They didn't have any of those reflectors on their tent. So I didn't see them, but I definitely saw them now and they weren't at their camp. And I was like, damn. And so I ended up actually like, moving my tent but i would wish that they were there because i wanted to talk to them and be like hey let's both move our tents we're right in their feeding at night feature there's water here we should not be sleeping here they never came back so i pulled out i came back two days later uh met the guys they're packing out bowls they had they they had killed anyways and uh it's just crazy like sometimes no matter what effort you put in like you're going to run into people and it's going to affect the way that you're hunting. And it's almost like you can't do a damn thing other than just have a good attitude, which is yeah. so hard. Right. Well, it goes back to this, like the mental side duties. Um, and I, I love this concept of inputs equal outputs. And for me, like, you know, to combat the like highs and lows, the, the mental, like, Oh, it's the best day ever. Oh, it's the worst day ever. Like to me, it's just inputs equal outputs. I know that if I put in enough miles, enough glassing points, enough good locations, like, I'm, it's going to produce. Right. And so like, you know, it's, uh, it goes back to like, when I'm looking for a big bowl, it's like, I know I just have to check off enough places and eventually I'll find that big bowl. Right. Like, so I can't be like, Oh, there's nothing. There's nothing to me. It's like inputs equal outputs. It's like this constant repetitive thing. I tell myself to like, kind of combat the, the lulls, right. To be like, man, this is going to be a terrible season. You know, the elk aren't talking, whatever. It's like, no inputs equal outputs, man. Like you just keep putting in the work and enough days, like just as long as you don't run out of days. And that was kind of like, you know, on the Arizona hunt, dude, I was there for 16 days and it was just like inputs equal outputs and input, like just every day, you know, got to be at the glasses point and like, just put in the work. And I mean, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't work that maybe it doesn't equal the outputs. Maybe it's a bad example, but you know, even like, that's how I keep myself. It's just like, I'm going to do everything I can do. And if I get a chance to capitalize, you know, that's going to be the key. The hard part, I think that a lot of people miss is, and I, like, I'm guilty of this too. Like there's like two, I can think of two opportunities this year and I didn't capitalize on them. And it's crazy. Like just sometimes some hunts, you only get one opportunity and like, you have to be so ready for it. And I think it's easy. I know I do it. So I, I guarantee other people do it. 
is you get into the lulls or you get into the like just you know the the horse headed back to the barn you know you're just not thinking about it and like i get it it's tough to be always ready but like and it's cliche but man you just never know when that opportunity is going to happen and like you have to be ready to capitalize on that one opportunity you're going to get in the air Dude, I love what you just said there, especially the analogy of the horse heading back to the barn because we've all been kicking rocks down the trail, feeling sorry for ourselves, bows on your backpack or something, your releases in your pocket, and they're just for no good reason other than the oak gods messing with you. Out pops a bull. And yeah. you're not, you, I mean, how many stories could we put together historically in 20 years or whatever it is of squandering opportunities because we just simply were probably just not in the game or feeling sorry for herself. Dude, I used to beat myself up and like, I used to lay in bed at night just think about how oh. many bowls I'd have. If I like, <laughs> now, now the number's too big to count, but. <laughs> Don't do that. Well, Cody, I'd appreciate your time. Um, Folks yeah. can want put, that want to maybe put the work in and need a resource. Why don't you shout out what you got going over there at Elk Hunt? Yeah. So uh, we got the Elk Hunt like whole channel going on. Uh, So basically we got a podcast. We got a new newsletter. Zach Bohe is writing a newsletter. And, you know, I have the elk hunt 201 course, uh, which is basically, you know, it's a four-step system for being a consistent elk hunter. And it's what I've built over, you know, 20 years. It's like, basically it's not just my system. It helps you build your own system for applying to elk hunting, which I think is really important. Uh, and you know, it's, it's a framework to build off of. So that's, you know, the big thing. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, elk hunt 201.com. Cool. We'll put a link in the show notes, guys. Go check it out. Definitely build your own plan based on your strengths and weaknesses. I think that's one of the best things about elk hunting is you always have a couple glaring weaknesses that you can work on year round. And like Cody said, put the work in, guys. Separations in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, buddy. Alrighty, guys. Thanks for tuning into the show. If you like this episode, do us a huge favor and share it with one of your hunting buddies. Also, if you want a free hunt planner, be sure to go check the link in the show notes. It's 100% free. You can download our hunt planning tool, which is a great resource for kind of keeping track of all of your hunts, your hunt plans, your points, all of those things. Pretty great resource. Go check it out. Links in the show notes, or you can check our website, www.elkhunt201.com. <laughs>